I dance, a beautiful woman enchanted appears. When I dance, the shining moon resonates. In the night, the god descends for a secret rendezvous. As the night turns to dawn, the mythical bird cries. In the night, the god descends for a secret rendezvous. As the night turns to dawn, the mythical bird cries. Wow. This is the opening poem translated from the ancient Japanese from the film Ghost in the Shell, 1995. Welcome to Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed Tachikoma Tank, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed, I don't even remember my own name. All right, Nick Weiger. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm self-proclaimed, is she naked? (laughs) (laughs) Or is that like thin clothes? Matt Apodaca, hello everyone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Premiere Anime Podcast where we are talking about the 1995, the, the seminal 1995, the inspirational 1995, the unforgettable 1995 film Ghost in the Shell, where the slogan was on the poster, people love machines in 2029 AD. Who are you? Who slips into my robot body and whispers to my ghost? When this movie came out in 1995, 2029 was so far away. And now it's just six it's, years from now. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be worse. It's not going to be worse than this future. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a second. I, 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 we'll get to it in depth in a second. But like, I, uh, this is, this is a movie that I have a strong connection with and that I watched uh, back in, on VHS back in the day. Oh, um, yeah. Me I too. saw this before The Matrix. Hell, and yeah. This me was too. Obviously, like one of the big, you know, touchstone influences for the matrix and a lot of other uh western science fiction that followed uh and so i kind of had i got to be like one of those guys like oh yeah it's like um yeah it's a lot like a lot like ghost in the shell um but i also uh and i also had this on dvd and i think it, it's just it's one of those films that i've that I'd, I'd seen a bunch and had thought about a bunch and then also hadn't really revisited in some time it had been yeah. a while since i'd watched this all the way through again yeah I uh, I have a similar story about this film, which is that I had it on VHS uh, when it came out on DVD, got it on DVD, got it on Blu-ray uh, as media progressed. But my one of my earliest memories of Ghost in the Shell is I had a babysitter who was uh, a very spiritual woman. She used to she had a Reiki practice like she would like Reiki is like where you like use energy to heal somebody. Yeah. She uh, she had no furniture in her house. Like she only had a uh, why. Are you is smiling? there any aspect of your life that is absolutely insane? <laughs> 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 I had a babysitter. She was the g- girl who lived next door. <laughs> she had a normal life. And so <laughs> what happened to me right now was I heard what Heather said what? and then looked over at Nick because I just knew something was bubbling. <laughs> and I watched the smile just get ever so bigger. Okay, so anyway, this this woman, she had like, she was, uh, you know, meditating in the 1990s, which at the sure. time was like fucking crazy. She had like the bowl that you would tap and it would make a sound and yeah. um she was always trying to lightly uh, introduce me to eastern philosophy meditation practices she went to india to get like her doctorate or degree in reiki i don't know anyway so i'm a kid 
and I watched this movie. I rented from Blockbuster, and I was like, oh, my God, this is insanely cool. Yeah. And I brought it to my babysitter's house one day when she was babysitting me. And I was like, hey, do you want to watch this crazy movie? Because she had a TV with, like, a built-in v- VCR. And she was like, okay, sure. And so we watched it, and at the end she went, I had no idea that animation could be like this. Wow. She loved it. She was like, I, there are so many themes in this that I am always wrestling with that I think all of like human beings should be wrestling with. This idea of, you know, what is our soul and like what happens if our experience of reality is falsified in some way. Mm-hmm. Like she was like deeply pensive after she watched Ghost in the Shell and I went back to like my my parents and I was like yes yeah yeah I fucking, oh, got, yeah, her. I fucking got her yeah um but uh yeah I've been watching Ghost in the Shell my my whole life and I I have uh, a linen print of the original poster but I also have linen like there was art that was released in like the mid 90s by uh Masamune Shiro uh uh, that was like alternate posters for this, and mm-hmm. uh, I have those. Like I, I fucking love wow. this in the show. It's rad. Uh, I and I do think it holds up. And God to damn, your, does it? To your point, Heather, it is one of those movies that I feel like had kind of a. Uh, you know, something of like kind of, you know, obviously like a like a nerd culture, you know, anime, you know, weeb fandom, but also had a had a weird like kind of bro fandom, at least I remember from my college days of just like, because it's like, a chick, and this chick, she's naked, and she's, you know, she's got these fucking guns, she like shoots the shit out of everybody. It kind of works on that level, but also it is just like this deeply philosophical work that, spent, that yes. talks so much about like, you know, what is a body, what is consciousness, what is it to be alive? Well, it's a really good, I, and we should, we should quit, let, I want to, I want to, get to this part of the conversation yes. as fast as possible. So let's just uh let's just get Ash in here and do the quick th- the okay, thing great, and then great. You don't fucking tell me when to come. I come when I want to. Okay. I mean I think Heather kind of just did though. She's kind of very much put you in your place. I'm not going to I'm not going to introduce anything. Oh, well, that's your prerogative. I mean, you know, you want us to get another anime video game protagonist in here? I'd like to see you try. Get someone from Danganronpa in here. We can a make it happen. What? From Danganronpa, it's a, it's, a pro- right. it's a proper, it's a franchise. I don't know that show. Well, it's both a video game and a an anime, so you know that's one possibility. Uninterested. I'll get Shenmue in here. I, you want us to get all right, Mister Shenmue. You know what? If you want to get Mister Shenmue in here, <laughs> go right the fuck ahead. Hi, I'm Ash Ketchum from the hit series Pokemon, and also the, I mean, like we've sold more games than any other motherfuckers out there. That's true. Pokemon is number one, and so am I. And I'm here to ask you what you've been weeping. So uh, I, I I think Heather actually does have something to report. Heather? Yeah. Uh, well, it's very small, very small. I am I am one of those people who t- has a lot. Like I spend a lot of time on my phone case. Mm. Like I I can't yes. just I can't just get the default phone case. And in fact, I have a theory that. Apple sells shitty phone cases to encourage the secondary market. Like I, like I think that the 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 silicon case sucks and the fine woven case sucks on purpose. I think that they have to do it so that you can walk out of the store with a phone case. But I think that there is a secret agreement with these other companies that that sell iPhone accessories that are like, we will leave all of the good phone cases to you because you know Apple could make a fucking great phone case. 
I mean, they can make a phone that doesn't break if they wanted to. Yeah. My, what are you talking? My phone don't break. Well, if you drop your phone caseless. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, true. I mean, it, but it would be like thirty pounds, and it would cost a million dollars. Anyway, I'm willing to pay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there is a there's a so I, I'm I'm shopping for my phone case, uh, and uh, I can't find a good phone case anywhere. But then I remember that at the original Evangelion store in uh, in Japan. There is a phone case brand that uses actual um, PCB boards uh, mm. to make their phone cases. Wow. Mm. And that these phone cases, when radio waves are emitted by the, uh, by the phone, will activate the board and they will twinkle on the back of the, of the phone case on uh, connections. Whoa. And they've made these cases so that like you have like a what looks like a almost like a blueprint of the evangelion you know like wow. like it'll be like a like cool. a like all the little lines that go yeah. out from really cool phone cases um unfortunately uh when i was shopping for that case i decided i didn't want an evangelion case cuz i'm still broken up with the evangelion this is heartbreaking but wow. i did buy one of these phone cases from this company this japanese company imported it that is a map and you'll love this nick of the japanese tokyo railway and subway system wow that's sick as hell with all of the little lights that light up for different intersections wow when radio waves come out of your phone Fuck so i thought ball. i thought you'd really like that yeah, and I that is like that. that is like i think a bullseye weeb purchase yeah so i'm really excited about my phone case i have not weaved anything else but i but i spent i'm not i'm not like no exaggeration Four hours online looking yeah. for the perfect phone case. What do we got to do to get you back in the good graces of Evangelion? <sighs> I'm just so mad about that final movie and the third one. I'm mad about it. And I, and I, it, it breaks my heart because like I spent my life, nothing, nothing in my life more than Evangelion. I haven't put on any of my Eva shirts. Like I, I broke up with Eva so hard after 3.0 plus 1.0 that I, and I think in he, you know, to his credit, it was an intentional breakup. This mm. was somebody breaking up with me, and I'm in, I'm still in the post relationship phase where I'm like, well, fuck you, I never liked you to begin with. Mm. But, but that's like, not true, right? Yeah, you know that's not true. I don't know. Fuck them. Uh, I don't know, Heather's. I think you're projecting a little bit. And I, and I, and I went out, went out and dated Gundam for a long time. Wow. That's true. Yeah, but. And I still am. But yeah, I, I couldn't. Gundam a rebound. I was thinking back on the 3.0 plus 1.0 and just was like, I was like, I was just remembering the final scene. I was like, that was, that was insane. I can't believe they ended the churchology of this these four movies that were kind of like, you know, we're going to rebuild what this, what Evangelion is. And that's how they ended it. That's how they, everything capped off. Was like, go outside? Yeah. Fuck you for ever liking this. Yeah. Touch grass, sweetie. <laughs> where's the Where's the original? Like, here's what I think. I think that if I was, because the problem is, is that I haven't seen the series plus End of Eva since I've seen 3.0 plus 1.0. Mm. And that is one of my favorite works of human art. Yes. And it ends in a way that is like, life is hard and tough and miserable 
and you grind through it and you might not get answers, but that's the point of living is that interrogation. Whereas 3.0 plus 1.0 is like, do nothing, shit'll work out, uh, talk to your dad. And it's like, that's not, that, that like, mm-hmm. it, it's antithetical to everything. Anyway, still mad about it. So I didn't get that Eva phone case. I did get a Japanese subway phone case. And I looked up, to see that. I looked up, like, what that would look like. Like, not the phone case, but I wanted to see the map of the, of the, the rail system in Japan. Mm-hmm. What? What are we doing over here? Yeah, they just have actual infrastructure there. <laughs> I, it looks great. I know. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 one of my favorite parts of Persona 5 Royal is just like you just have to take the train everywhere. Just like, oh, yeah, this this city is actually built for people to walk through, not yeah. drive through. Here, I can I can show you guys the case so you can see, so you can see it. All right, Heather is bringing up the case. Let's take me a second because, you know. Good, it's a good looking case. Nick, what kind of case you got on your phone? I get a very basic, uh, it's a smart ish, I guess is the brand, and it's just a purple case. Mm-hmm. It's like the color, but I just, I got like a fucking, just one that, that won't, when I inevitably drop my phone, like you were talking about, it's not yeah. going to shatter. So he's got a pretty durable, but not intrusive case. How about you, yourself? I have that Evangelion one from, uh, oh, that's right. But That's cool. so this is yeah. this is the oh god hold on I'm a son of a bitch so this is the board which is made out of a, fl- a flexible PCB yeah. with LEDs built in and that's the case wow That's awesome which has lights along the Yamanote line mm-hmm. that light up only from the energy emitted when radio waves are in your phone so like all the time <laughs> <laughs> But that- their their Eva series is really here. Let me let, let me show you guys the the Eva series ones, which are fan. They're really fantastic. If you like that sort of thing, yeah. If you like the show, but like for- their their Eva series ones are oh, like that's cool. Ooh, with the get one with the those. LEDs in inside of the chest of the Eva. Those are those are really nice. And are they like this? Is going to sound like a stupid question. It's like. The board is like encased in something, so you're not like touching the board. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a, just it's, loose. It's a it's a board inside of the okay, case. Okay, yeah. Here's yeah. their nerve one that has the map of nerve. Ooh, that's a pretty nice one. That's how I found out about this company was going to the Evangelion store in uh, in Japan and seeing them. They also and they don't have them for iPhone 15. They do have Gundam ones, and god damn it, they don't have them for iPhone 15. Wow. So that's why I weeped. Four hours on the on the computer looking for a good phone case. Well, it seems like you came out on the other side of it and with a, with a, with a great little case for yourself. Yeah, guys, you're, you're case like closed. You're like I choo choo choose this one. We both had one. That's my that. Do not. <laughs> he was actually doing a Ralph Wiggins. I don't give a shit. <laughs> sort of like a. American... I know exactly. It's the Simpsons. I'm not an idiot, but I say, who gets chosen? Okay, sorry. And if you guys don't have anything you want to weave, then I choose no one. Let's let's. Here's what. Yeah, here's what we should do. We should go into Ghost in the Shell, Ash, because oh, Ash, you seen Ghost in the Shell? Yeah. Okay, just gonna leave it at that. Okay. Well, I fu- I fucked that girl. Jesus. Oh my Christ. God. Uh, I don't believe you. No. Uh, Ghost in the Shell was sure you did, buddy. Released in 1995, uh, directed by Mamoru Oshii. Uh, the screenplay is by Kazunori Ito, and it was based on the manga by Shiro Masamune. Uh, and it is, 
I don't know. It's it's one of those. I I I mean, it's the the what is the what is the word masterpiece add to the conversation? But it does feel like a masterpiece to to watch. It is just such an incredible, uh, you know, artful piece of cinema, and uh, and also just like such an important part of both kind of like you know animation uh anime specifically and science fiction the genre and and it's it's filmic representation i mean this is a movie which you know it comes out years before the matrix right and the wachowskis say apparently uh like i'll pull from uh let's see where's this legacy section here uh design uh fucking god hold on i should off reception themes oh well I, i'll just i'll just paraphrase um <clears throat> uh the Wachowskis, creators of the matrix and its sequels showed it to pro- producer joel silver and said we want to do that for real which is <laughs> awesome pitch i mean it's an awesome pitch a lot it, it's in line with adding an s and a dollar sign to alien yeah yes. uh speaking of James Cameron has credited Ghost in the Shell as a source for of inspiration for Avatar, which tracks because mm. of like the way that ghosts are transferred into Avatar bodies. Sure. Um, Spielberg's artificial intelligence and surrogates uh, have all uh, drawn parallels, according to uh, Wikipedia. But the only ones that um, are directly quoted as as being like this fucking movie is The Matrix and Avatar. You um, can see a lot of it though with like. We just came off of cyberpunk edge runners, and all the dismemberment via gunfire feels very ghost in the shell. Yeah, uh, and you know the another recent example, and I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of the show, but HBO's Westworld had a lot of these same sort of themes, and the android fabrication just feels directly yeah. lifted. I off mean, of the this. Westworld opening credits season one just feels like you could put, and I'm sure somebody has on YouTube could put the Ghost in the Shell making of Cyborg track. Uh, Awful. Stop. Stop. That's so bad. (laughs) Sorry, I I didn't mean to press play uh, over here. It's the worst thing that has ever happened on our show. But he Holy also you shit. have to you have to give him you have to give him credit where credit's due. No, I don't. He gave it he did that with his full heart yeah, in it. Yeah, he did. He did. He gave 1%. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great track. Uh, but yeah, that so that track is is written in ancient Japanese. Mm-hmm. It's not like a, a, a modern Japanese. So to translate it, you have to go through a few steps. And if my translation was off, somebody can tell me, and that's fine. And I don't mind. I did my best. It's like old English. It's like, you know, it's yeah. not a commonly used... Version of the like that, right? Right, right, but uh, in beautiful Japanese poetry. Um, let's talk about Ghost in the Shell. Uh, okay, so I, I, you know, watched the uh, uh original version. Um, like I said, I've seen this movie before. I watched the original version, uh, with the subtitles. I also watched Ghost in the Shell 2.0, which is the 2008 re release remaster, which I'd never seen. Heather, have you seen this? Yes, uh. It's mostly inoffensive except for a few sequences, most notably the opening sequence, which has been redone inexplicably in 3D CG. Sucks. It looks like shit. 
Uh, and it's a real bummer because some of the stuff is just like they're just read like the the full screen like UI elements like the maps and the 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 GPS yeah. and shit like they're just sort of show they they've redone that remastered that upresed it it's unnecessary but it's like fine whatever but then when you re see when you when you watch you know uh, Kusanagi's uh, in a famous dive off of the uh, the skyscraper, uh, and it's it's like a, a, a like a, a sub uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within like character <laughs> model. It, it just it's just like what are we doing here? It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Looks real bad. I uh, rewatched this in the original release, twenty uh, fifth anniversary edition, and uh, yeah, it hold it completely holds up. The animation is breathtaking. There are a few shots in this movie that are iconic. To me, in a way that, like, like there's a shot where a double-decker bus is turning a corner, and it's in the rain in Newport City, and it's it's stunning. It's stunning. It is it is like a I don't know, probably a seventy-frame piece of of art where each individual frame is a a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, speaking of. A uh, little trivia, a little side note. In 1997, uh, I was at Anime Expo. My parents dropped me off at Anime Expo here in Los Angeles. Wow. Which was in the basement of a, um, like a Hilton or something, or a Marriott. Wow, like, times have changed. Now yeah. it takes over the, the LA Convention Center and sells out. And I entered a raffle uh, because, you know, I'm like... Why not? Why not? I'll enter a raffle. Paid a buck, entered a raffle, and won. And what I got was a piece of cell animation from Ghost in the Shell. Wow. That's cool. Uh, it is uh, from the finale of the film when Kusanagi is a child and sitting in the chair. Wow. Uh, and I can't believe that I have it and that it was free. So the most disturbing image from the film you own. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. It's crazy. All right, so let's talk about the movie. Right. It, I, I mean, like, look, I, <laughs> it, it's 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 so great, uh, and uh, it's it's so fun and kinetic, but also just like you're just spending so much time just just contemplating um, humanity and yeah. uh, existence, and I I think just a big part of it is just like the character designs are so good and so striking, 100%. and I feel like have been so. Um, you know, repurposed or, or or other other works have been inspired by them, but Kusanagi in particular, I think, is like one of the best character designs in animation history. And I know, having not read the manga, but you know, having some familiarity with it, they have they aged the character up for the manga and yeah. made it a little bit more serious. I have read the manga. Uh, it is, uh, it is so dense and uh, it gives so much. Like it feels like, especially since it's the '90s, it feels like the work of a prescient genius mm. because. The discussions in the manga about cybersecurity and the implications of information warfare, like all the stuff that uh, Kojima ends up like, you know, borrowing and, and bookmarking in Metal Gear Solid 2, uh, are conversations this guy's having with himself uh, in a comic. And it's and and it reads like one of the best cyberpunk thrillers of all time like and and i know that you know neuromancer and snow crash there are there are precedents for ghost in the shell like it's it doesn't come out of a vacuum mm -hmm. but i do think that like in the in the manga there is a 
these robot spider tanks that have personalities and those and it's and it's like what it's a it's something i haven't seen in media where it's like well it might help group dynamics if you gave your weapons thoughts that is really interesting and and, and because then they would be motivated instead of just like dependent in um cuz this is my first time watching it ever Hell and yeah. i actually watched it twice wow. i i watched it on saturday and uh i watched with subtitles and then last night you guys were texting i can't wait to talk about this tomorrow and i was like i guess i could just put it on again i'll just like watch it again like i love that yeah. and i watched it again with uh the dub and um i you were just saying something about the manga, and I wanted to ask a question. Yeah. Which was, so you know when we talked about Akira? Yeah. And how the Akira manga, how the how the film Akira is basically only just like the tip of the iceberg yes. as far as the story yes. goes? Yes. yes. So the, the Akira manga I am familiar with, and that one yeah. is like so long. I mean, it's like six, like Big volumes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's it, it, and it sounds like this is a similar yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, Ghost it, in, yeah. Ghost in the Shell is this is almost like a. It's almost like it's inspired by the manga. Mm, okay. The manga is funny. Oh, uh, at time it's funny, but also it's like extremely philosophical. But it's a totally different tone okay. than this movie, which was like, okay, what if, what if we took these. I, it's almost like Evangelion to robot shows was like, what would it really be like if you mm-hmm. subjected a child to this shit? In the same way, it's like, uh, uh, Oshi was like, okay, what if we actually talked about what is happening in Ghost in the Shell and how much it would affect a person mm-hmm. to be like, oh shit, there's a guy over there with fake memories. Right. And I've been a robot my whole life. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. What? How do I have any idea that I'm real? Uh, it's I, I I read that that Kusanagi will like make funny faces and stuff in the manga, yeah. which is wild to think about because like she's played so straight here, but like not in like a robotic way. Like seems yeah. like a human. Seems like a human being. She, but... Yeah, she'll be like pouty. She's a little bit. She's more anime for right. lack of a better she's like pouty and expressive and yeah. slapsticky and 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 angry at times and and you know like in this cop drama version of ghost in the shell she's just like deadpan um which i think works really well yes, i think it it's, i think it's the correct choice I, I think that was a that was a great modification uh i did try to re i tracked down the manga and I, you can't really find a digital version at least i couldn't uh of it in english i well, mean I'm if sure- you want to borrowed i've got it in print like a hardcover binding of the collectible ghost in the shell okay great and i'll tell you something there is pornography in that manga oh no guarantees on how that manga is coming back to you oh yuck i might read it a few times what is the isbn number so i can (laughs) (laughs) so in the in the manga a side hustle that kusanagi has uh is that Kind of like the brain dances of cyberpunk. Yeah. You can record sexual encounters, and if your body is high spec enough, then the input that you're receiving as data for those records is of high value. So she 
uses her cyborg body to engage in pornography and sell it on the black market. Wow. That's um, wild. But Let's... also is only doing sex with other women because the information of, because they also like uh, connect, they network during their sex. Hmm. So having a male presence in the uh, orgy is distracting. So it's all women in the orgy. Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. And also very cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I can't I can't see our our movie version of Kusanagi during it. <laughs> uh, it it look it's it's yes it's a it's a different you know work within the same uh, that that that's. <laughs> Drawn from this source. Can you imagine in True Detective if he found out, like in the book, that McConaughey's character was just fucking on the side yeah. for money <laughs> and making goofy faces all the time? Uh, I one thing I talked, I, I liked, and and Heather, you talked about just like seeing the double decker bus, and I, I really like the like kind of the methodical, like languorous pace this has. Like yeah. it has the sequences that are action packed, but it has a lot of just like stillness. A lot of just waiting, a lot of just like slice of life in this reality. Um, one of my favorite sequences in the whole movie is there's just a mo- long, slow montage of shots of Newport City uh, in the middle of the film. And it's just like, you know, like a boat going down the river. It's just people jogging with umbrellas, uh, just a high angle shot of a skyscraper with the rain pouring down, uh, you know, towards the street level. And this is also the sequence where. Kusanagi, uh, who is the you know the main character of the movie, is just looking up and seeing like another version of her that just works in an office, you know, and and all that shit is just so great because it's just like here is here is a reality that is, it's like almost like like it's not even like anti. Uh, futurist or anti-technology or anything. It's just sort of like this, look, just laid bare, like this is what this this future looks yeah. like uh, and just like letting you live in it for a little bit. And also, while I'm rambling here, that's the shit that if you are ever, you know, dealing with anyone in Hollywood that they're like, get this out of here because this has no, this doesn't move the plot forward. What's yeah, this doing right. here? Get this out of here. This yeah. is just a waste of time. But it's like, but that's why you want to watch a movie like this. Yeah, that's the famous James Cameron got noted in Avatar, that there was too much flying, and he was like, "We're keeping the fucking flying." Yeah, in. yeah, it's uh, all the best stuff. Yeah, it's the best stuff. Movies are something you look at. I will say, there's a canonical, an interesting canonical explanation for Kusanagi seeing herself, which, as a kid, I didn't know. I thought it was just like she sees somebody who looks like her, and then she's like, "Oh my god, did that that woman looks just like me?" And I, I have a bit of an existential crisis about it. Yeah. But canonically. Kusanagi's body is a mass-produced shell, and her internals are military-grade, so she's less likely to be basically cyberjacked on the street mm-hmm. and having and have her internals ripped out because of how expensive they are. So they make her a model that you can get at like Sears of the future. That's interesting, and that makes sense. I mean, I always just interpret it as like, yeah, it's it's just that this is a mass-produced you know, the cyborg or whatever that you would see elsewhere. But yeah, that 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 makes more sense when you dig into it. There's also interesting canon about how Kusanagi's been almost entire like her her brain and her spine are human, but the rest of her is cybernetic and has been that way since she was a child in an unnamed traumatic experience where they had to replace everything. 
Because we do see like a, an assembly of whether it's her or whether it's a, you know, a, another version of her model. We do see that in that opening sequence yeah. uh, with the song. And just a reminder, it's kind of like, hi-ya, hi-ya. No, keep going. <laughs> Certainly, there's more to the song. Hi-ya, hi-ya, hi-ya. The thing is, it's starting to sound kind of good. No, it's not. It's not, and it's offensive. Uh, Let's talk about the plot of this movie. Yes. Um, We open on a scene where Kusanagi is spying on a, a meeting... Uh, that's taking place. It's a, a meeting uh, between a programmer who is uh, being pressured into c- getting political asylum by another group. And uh, the implication in this world is that programmers are like nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot just get them across borders. Like it is a significant process. Uh, well, it would be like nuclear scientists yeah. post-World War II or something. You, can, you knew how to make a rocket. You know, yeah. you were... Yeah. Were valuable and, and other countries would try to kill you even. Yeah. Can I also say mm-hmm. I love in movies when a character is like, I have diplomatic immunity. Oh my god. <laughs> it's great. so it's what like, a great device. You already know that like it's it's going down. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to pull out the I have diplomatic immunity yeah. card, it's fucked already. Yeah. So <laughs> in the uh as Kusanagi, our major, our main character, is waiting to uh do a, a strike on this meeting. She's also kind of listening to the sound of the entire city. And her partner, Bato, uh, is like, hey, there's a lot of noise in your head. Yes. In the dub version, she says, must be a loose wire. In the subtitled version, she says it must be that time of the month, which is a an ironic anti-joke about her own body. Right, yes. yes. And it is such a, a loss like right out of the fucking gate to to lose that idea that this this woman this woman is incapable of experiencing her own womanhood as like her third line in the film it's like such an important line and it is such a shame that it's cut but that feels like that comes from just like a you know western executive being like well we need people need to know she's a robot if you say that, they're going to be confused. So she says she says it's a loose wire, so we know she's a robot. She's literally got wires coming out of the back know, of her yeah, head, and yeah. then you see her being built. Uh, but uh, uh, There's also a part in the dub where she says, beep, boop, beep, boop, I'm a robot. Yeah, that's unnecessary. It's a little over on the nose. I yeah. can already tell this is going to be a hard episode for me. <laughs> and she moves around like this. The more there is an inverse relationship between the importance that I feel about a thing, like that the the amount that it means to me, and the less enjoyment I have recording the episode. <laughs> hey, I love this movie. Uh, I, it was hey, terrible. I loved it too. All right, great. We're all on board. So uh, the police move in to stop this uh, this uh, this pressured extradition of a programmer. Uh, the uh, diplomat makes up a bullshit excuse. Like, he's like, oh, he's already signed the paperwork. I'll have it to you in a couple of days. Uh, and then Kusanagi leaps, like, she, she takes off her jacket so that she's naked. 
leaps off of a fucking building and blasts this dude, this diplomat, through the wall of the uh, of the skyscraper as she's on her way down. Which, as an idea, what a shot! It rocks. Yeah, it's really cool. So good. And as they rush the window, they look down at the city, and she is using her thermo therm optic camouflage to disappear. She covers her face and 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 becomes the lights below. Holy fucking shit, what a cold open. And it it's looks great, really good. It's a great opening, and I think this is maybe, for for people who haven't seen this, this is maybe like the sh- the sequence they know, like her diving off of the building. Yeah. This is the Akira slide. Yeah, and and it, 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 yeah, it, it, it looks fantastic. I mean, in addition, just like the movement, the way that's animated, I, I just like the palette of this is so great, and- um, you know, so much of it kind of like lives in that sort of like those violets and purples. Uh, it, it and yeah, the 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 violence is so visceral. I don't know. I love all of it. What I like about the palette of this film is that so many cyberpunk stories have just taken Blade Runner's palette, right? You know, like cyberpunk is just like purple and pink and neon green and it looks it looks like blade runner although edge runner stows in that famous yeah, yellow yeah edge runners is a little different <laughs> but this is a this is a film about dirty colors like it is it is a lot of like earth oh, yes. tones it's not neon it is like ocean colors and i think that that is a really like you you if you see a shot of ghost in the shell out of context you can identify it because of that watery look well, I also just think the mechanical design of just like everything kind of so looks like good. like unfinished or like the prototype got shipped, you know. Um there's all these like loose cables and like like extraneous uh you know piping that's that's on everything. It all just like looks like just like so cluttered and uh you know like 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 overloaded power strips yeah. everywhere. There's a term in science fiction production design greeble which is just like if you're looking in the background of something and there's just like some unspecified device, uh, you know, or 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 you know, instrument or something. You're like, what the fuck is that? And it's just like it's just a greeble. It's just something to inform the world that like, okay, we don't maybe don't ever learn its purpose uh, in this uh, in whatever we're we're watching, but like we we the the world feels bigger because it's part it's there. And this this is just full of greebles. Yeah. So. We're introduced to the uh, the chief of Section Nine, uh, Aramaki, and uh, Aramaki and his team. After the opening credits, which yeah. are the assembly of Motoko Kusanagi or a like uh, like bodied cyborg, we see her alone in her apartment where she stares out the window. It's really fucking poetic. It's beautiful. Uh, we we go to we go to their work, and uh, there is a. Uh, one of the minister's interpreters is having their brain hacked. Uh, and we see this woman with her head cut open, all these wires, as they're trying to counter-hack this woman who um, is being hacked by the puppet master, who's our big bad for the film. Um, Togusa, who is uh, one of Kusanagi's partners, uh, drives Kusanagi to... Uh, to try and catch this puppet master hacker who is hacking from separate locations so that he is less traceable. Uh, and they f- presume that this woman, this minister's interpreter, is being hacked so that uh, she can infiltrate this secret meeting that's coming up. 
Um, um, Togusa kind of got the uh, the the kaji hair from Evangelion, the same sort yeah. of look, the sort of you know the the mullet that's pulled into a ponytail. Uh, I he's also got like less you know cybernetic enhancements. So what what cyberpunk would call cyberware than everyone else, he's kind of like the most like a person, like just like a, a straight up like you know off the shelf human, and is also. Like a, a, a just a just basically a beat cop who Kusanagi wants to have as a partner. I don't know. I I I love their conversation when he's basically like, "Why do you want me?" And she's basically because you are like, "Why do you want a normal cop like me?" And she's basically like, because you are normal like you. Uh, yeah, and his value is just in how ordinary he is. Yeah. In the in the dub, she says, "Over specialization breeds in weakness. It's mm-hmm. slow death," uh, which is. Uh, her way of saying, I'm sure you've heard about the banana problem. Like we were, we used to have one kind of banana, and yeah. then a virus hit that banana or a fungus or something, and so all the bananas everywhere died. She's trying to uh, incorporate different strengths into her team by having different vari- variations on weaknesses. Yeah, and he carries a revolver. Like unlike the rest of them, everybody's got these like automatic guns with huge clips that like push you back when you're firing and he's carrying a regular revolver and that ends up being a strength later in the film. Yes. Uh, so, uh, we meet the hacker who is a garbage man. And at first it just seems like a separate scene. You're like, what am I watching? Uh, this garbage man is going through a divorce and he's like trying to hack his, his wife's brain to like, be like, what, why are you smiling? I just think this scene is funny because, like, <laughs> it's just, like, such a normal thing for him to be talking about. He's like, yeah, I'm getting a divorce. It's just, like, part of it. Yeah, and it, it will, it, but it is just, like, two, you know, working class dudes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're just talking about your life. It, like, feels like, yeah, like Heather was saying, disconnected because it feels like it's just, like, okay, this is this is just what a guy would be talking about. Yeah. The shit he's going through. But he's also just using, like, a terminal, like, a public access terminal that's on the street. Yeah. That I guess would, is kind of the equivalent of a mailbox in this reality. Um, but those are what he's stopping by in order to execute these, these hacks. Yeah, along his route, he stops at a phone, he... Hacks his wife's phone booth. Brain. That's a better, yeah, the better. Yeah, he hacks his phone. wife's brain. Uh, does a little bit more uh, digging and rooting around, and then goes to the next location. And it's a perfect roving hack. Yeah. Uh, Bato and Ishikawa, two people in Section Nine, arrive at that phone booth moments after the the garbage man has left, and uh, are like, "What? Fuck! He's yeah. fucking gone again." Uh, because they don't yet know who it is that's doing this they they think they are chasing the puppet master but when they uh when a guy leaves his apartment and is like ah oh, fuck i missed the garbage truck everybody draws the connection oh that's why the location keeps changing it's a dude on his garbage route they trace all the different garbage trucks and they create a um a trap to catch this garbage man but when the garbage man's partner is called by the uh by headquarters and is like asked, hey, why do the police want to know your route? This garbage man's like, shit, I have to warn the dude who gave me my hacking software. Right. Which is, if you watch it like straightforward, you're like, why would he know where that guy is? But the truth is this dude doesn't know anything. Yes. He's just trying to get to that guy because that's what he's programmed to do. And that guy was like a guy who like was was it that he met in a bar and like he told his whole life story to and he was sympathetic to and he gave him a solution. Like that's that's the context that he ha- at least has. The things I love in this in this sequence, one is just like and 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 it is just such a 
uh, you know, again, another prescient thing about uh, app capitalism and when the garbage man is like, come on, we're already 40 seconds late. Like, it's just that there'd be that level of precision towards keeping workers in line in this in this future. Uh, and then the, 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 the other thing is, like, there's just, a, like, a nice bit of sound design where when the guy who's the old guy who's coming out with his garbage is like, ah, I miss the garbage man. Um, you just hear doors, like, close and the, the car start up, like, off camera. And then, like, that's, like, the, it's just such an efficient way to pace through uh, this sequence. And then we see them them peeling the fuck out in pursuit. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's really dense and cool how all this is, is played out. So our garbage man gets to the dude who provided him with the ghost hacking software. Go- oh, by the way, ghost is basically the idea that every person has this irreducible part of themselves that makes them a person, yes. almost like a soul. Um, and so when we're talking about ghost hacking, it's like soul hacking. It's like getting so far into your subconscious that you can investigate or rewrite parts of a person's core essential being. Uh, so if he's ghost hacking his wife, it's kind of fucked. Yeah. Uh, it's so much cooler to say ghost than soul. Yeah. And also that, you know, because I'm sure localizing this, I, I, I was reading something about the localization and there's things like, you know, in Japanese, the same word means both doll and puppet. So like that's like a tough thing to make congruent in English. Um, and I'm not quite sure what the language is for for the the ghost aspect, but- it also just hearing ghost, it feels a lot more ambiguous, which I think yeah. is intentional. Like we're not supposed to have an idea of like, okay, I know what the soul is uh, in some sense, but no, it, it's supposed to be a little bit more mysterious here. So this garbage man uh, deviates from his route. He gets to the guy who gave him the ghost hacking software. Kusanagi and Bato show up at the same time, and this dude who is also hacking uh, opens fire with high velocity bullets, which. He preps for by bracing himself yes. in an excellent little piece of animation. He goes into slight, a slight squat. Yeah. His shoe squeaks on the asphalt, braces his gun, and then opens opens up with these high-velocity bullets. Basically firing like anti-tank munitions from a submachine gun. Yeah. So it's like he's completely uh, overpowered by this. Then he pulls on a thermoptic camouflage coat. And we see the weaknesses of that system and why Kusanagi has opted to just get naked. Uh, because as this guy runs away and Bato and Kusanagi give chase, he makes his way through uh, through like a, a, a crowded market. He's opening fire on civilians. And Bato uh, uses his augmented vision to try and track this dude. They chase him to the edge of the city where Kusanagi in full thermoptic... Uh, fights him. So what you see on screen is a man fighting nothing. Yeah. In the water, you see her shadow, and that's it. It's rad. I mean, this this is this fucking, is just an awesome fight sequence. Awesome. It's utterly unique. It's it's like honestly stopped me in my tracks when I watched it, when I watched it the first time. I couldn't believe that that's even possible that they pulled that off. It looks great. And also, why haven't we seen it again? Yeah, that is really interesting to think about. <laughs> This movie is such an easy thing to rip, or not easy to rip off, but like such an obvious thing to rip off if you want to do something that was cool looking. You it know? might be easy to rip off. Like it's, it maybe it just takes one person to do it, and you'd be like, oh, I could just do it this way, and then like, that's <laughs> it. You'd think that they, you'd be seeing that in a I mean, lot. I guess of things we've for seen sure. it in The Predator. 
Mm. Mm, and that was probably first, actually. I mean, not, but not the same way. Yeah. Like you don't see the predator. Mm, just it's a little the shit less up. impressive to me now that the predator did it. Yeah, now I'm realizing the Invisible Man kind of had a version of this back in the 30s. It, so oh, okay, yeah. so also the, um, earlier when you said the banana problem, I was thinking about saying that uh, I had one of those ones, and it was that the minions ate them all. Continue. I was going to say a Donkey Kong thing. Uh, let's keep going. You still said it. Kind of the premise of Donkey Kong Country, all his bananas are gone. I know, I still said it, but it wasn't at the... It felt less appropriate to do then because you were really yeah, on a roll. Right, yeah. I, let's figure it after, out. But now we were just kind of stopped down. After Kusanagi beats the shit out of the guy <laughs> invisibly, mm-hmm. uh, he, we we discover along with him that he is also not the puppet master. He is up the daisy chain of people who have been hacked to hack other people, to hack other people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and this guy doesn't know his own name. Yes. He has no memory of his family. He's been ghost hacked just like the garbage man who's like interrogated at section nine. And he's like, what, you know, what do you mean? I don't have a wife. And it's like, you don't have a wife. You don't have a kid. You live alone. And he's like, no, no, no I live alone. Cause Cause I, cause I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back together with her, and, he, and they're like, "No, you've always lived alone." And, yeah. see, and, he, and then he says, "Sorry." No, I was gonna say like the just we're this part. It, we're not very far into like the story of this movie, kind right? Of. Like we're yeah. still we're still uh, getting the opening beats of this. This is enough for it to be like. One of the great stories in movie. Like, well, this is so good. This is, I mean, and and Total Recall predates it. So, yes. but but I mean, like it, it, that basically is. It's it's one of those things where just so many ideas are jam packed into this thing that yes, any given one of them could be an entire premise for something. As it is yeah. used in Total Recall, it's just the idea of false memories is just yeah. Ex, ex, like if this, then what else into the uh, into an entire story? Like there. I understand the impulse to have wanted to adapt this into a live action property. Oh yeah. Uh, Cuz it makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense visually, it makes a lot of sense like the storytelling, just to expand the the uh the viewer base of this story. It's very good. It was, uh it sucks that they uh did it the way that they did it. I was there opening night oh. first showing. And it just broke my heart into a million pieces. Mm. I never saw it. I heard it was bad. <laughs> it uh, so- can, can, we, can we back up real quick while we're stopped down a little bit? Because I I, it, I I just wanted to cut, touch on a couple of things. One is um, just in terms of things that are awesome in this movie, uh, Kusanagi uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, when she's in the car with the Togusa and she has the moment where she's like, I'll drive, just jacks herself into the, the wires and then just takes control of the wheel um, from sitting in the passenger seat. That's fucking. Uh, it's just. It's just awesome. It's just a cool idea, and it's yep. realized so well visually. Also, I just think the idea of GPS. Like maybe this was known in 1995. I was, uh, you know, I was a teenager. I don't remember it. Um, it was certainly ahead of the time in terms of when it was. Here it's ubiquitous in this reality, and and in our reality, GPS is ubiquitous. The idea that you would know where someone is at all times, you could geolocate them, you could track them in real time, um, and you can use that for navigation. But here it is certainly ahead of its time that that's such a strong element uh, in how everything is connected in this world. Uh, but I also just want to say, I love how it comes out that this guy has been had his brain basically erased because his bateau uh, is like the guy is like the guy who had the submachine gun. Um, and gets his ass kicked uh, by Invisible Kusanagi is like, uh, uh, what, are you going to interrogate me? And he's like, why would we interrogate someone who doesn't even know his own name? 
Like he like Bateau has already figured out what the fuck is going on. He's already figured out that there's two levels of of you know brainwashed um, uh, now guys who are relegated to being simpletons uh, because they have their entire identities uh, re- uh, you know replaced uh, just so they could be in service to the puppet master. He's already figured out this is going on before he's even t- and even had asked this guy a question. It's just it just is like oh it's it's crazy how pervasive this must be. It 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 also like when he's being interrogated the garbage man and they and he's like well how do i get rid of this yeah toga says like you you can't yeah and no. that's that's the worst shit is like is like no you'll always remember your wife and kid who don't exist there is no cure yeah is so brutal and makes me think like you know like in all these brain dance cyberpunk strange days ideas where you fully experience somebody else's life for a yeah. short amount of time that those would just be built that those would be memories that you would have from that point forward yeah. i wonder if you could in this reality like purchase memories that you would want instead no so, doubt like, i'm sure that's a, i'm sure that's been commercial i would i would like if that happened to me if i got like hacked and then i got false memories implanted i would just like then try to buy the memories closest to what is actually true. Yeah. And then just kind of go from there. Yeah. But that would also be false. It'd be false, but it'd be like, but I wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. You could buy, here's what you could do. You could buy a memory that was pretty close to, I've been a bachelor for 10 years and I've lived in my apartment. There's probably a service that would, that would provide that. They'd come film your room. They'd be like, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Uh, we'll put a Scarface we'll, poster yeah. up, put a uh, Boondock Saints poster. <laughs> and then you would hire them to rewrite your past and also rewrite the memory of having gone to them so that you could then just wake up the next day and be like, oh, it's my shitty life again. Yeah. Yeah, no friends. So Kusanagi and Bato go out scuba diving, and uh, we see a cool moment where Kusanagi's like fucking in the ocean and sails up to the surface seeing her, refl- her reflection in the water. Another entire scene of fucking American executive would say, get this the fuck out of here. What yeah. does this do yeah. for the plot? There are a lot of scenes in this movie or a lot of sequences rather where it's just like no talking. <laughs> like yeah. where it's just like like this one in particular just like seeing stuff. But even yeah. the dialogue they have on the boat, like none of yeah. it is necessarily adds any plot momentum. Yeah. It's all just like about, you know, just talking about uh the nature of consciousness. Well, it sets up her big quest. You could you could if you got the note, you could be like she she makes a choice in the final act that is dependent on her having this conversation with Bateau right. in the audience. And that conversation, so she comes up from scuba diving and Bateau's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, you're you're in a, a body that would sink to the bottom like a brick. Why would you go scuba diving? And she's like, well, I feel a lot of experiences when I'm down there, loneliness, sadness, longing, and a little bit of hope. Um, uh, they have, she, he ha- Bateau has a beer and asks her if she's drunk because of the way she's talking. And she's like, no, what's the point of drinking when your body can regulate your alcohol like to like you don't you have to choose to get drunk and then you also kind of choose to not be drunk right um hmm. but yeah she talks about her experience of consciousness and identity and what makes herself and her ghost herself um and then quotes the bible um you know when i was a child i i put away childish things um but uh the two of them hear a voice together 
which is like says something like for for right now right now we are only seeing through darkly colored glass mm-hmm. and Bato's like was that you and we see a shot of Kusanagi who looks sick or pensive she's unreadable and another thing that happens in this film is that she doesn't blink hardly ever because uh, the director wanted to make her seem more like a doll. Like Another de- also a detail that's in AI. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, this this on this on this boat they like I I think we j- just to talk about. Though, because I, I this is another this is another sequence that has some like nudity, and just to talk about like how nudity is used in this movie, like first off, it's all completely desexualized, but so much of it is like I feel like used in a way for when a an android when a non-human being is viewed as like like just purely like an object or purely as uh uh you know whatever a product uh and i think part of bateau is like his characterization is that he views Kusanagi as more human and you can see that in terms of like in, in the sense of how he maybe he's also in love with her but like he averts her eyes when she's like stripping down here. He also puts his coat puts on his her. Puts his coat on her at the uh, end, yeah. In uh in the at the end of the fight in yeah. the water. But it, it's these are the only parts where it's like like that's the only character and that's all that's the only character who treats any of the cybernetic creatures uh as having any sort of like you know entitled to any sort of privacy or or dignity over their bodies um and uh you know so much of the rest of it is just like whatever the, these 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 characters being treated as mannequins cuz they're dehumanized yeah it's um god there's so much it's so good it's so fucking good it's so good. Do you think about? Do you ever like like with this movie? Did you? Because I was starting to think about how annoying the discourse would be if this movie was released as is now about just like like her like why is she naked all the time? Mm-hmm. This is like and and the 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 idea of it being gratuitous thrown around. Because I don't think it's gratuitous. I think it's like I I I think it's like kind of pointed in terms of how it's like talking about the idea of like what it is to have a body and what it is to have any sort of like autonomy over your body. Right. And like, are you entitled to it if someone else creates you? you she know? doesn't feel, so I, I have two things to say about this, which yeah. is uh, she, she doesn't feel like she gives a shit about her body. Like it feels like yes. she's like, you wouldn't, you, you don't always put a cover on your car and she treats her body almost like it's a vehicle for her mind. Um, the other thing is I saw a lecture about this film in college and the uh, lecturer was like some Asian studies film professor. And uh, they said that this film is divorced from the male gaze. And that I disagree with because. Yeah. If, hard if, disagree if, on if, that one. Cause if you read. I was doing some gazing. If you read the manga, <laughs> it's so gratuitously sexual mm. And the motivation for yeah. Kusanagi to get naked is to sell the comic. Yeah, you've uh, sure. said you said that there's uh, pornography in it. Yeah, there's straight up <laughs> pornography in it. Uh, and I think that this film sort of pendulum swings between these two ideas, which is that it is thematically consistent for Kusanagi to be like, I don't give a shit. And it's just a body, and it's just a robot body. And if the best way for me to get my thermoptic camouflage to work is to be completely naked, then who cares? 
And then there is also the titillation of seeing a naked woman on screen. Um, and I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting and complicated to have all of the things happening at the same time. Yeah. And I don't think that the live action version, which does not show, uh, which does not show uh, Scarlett Johansson fully nude, <laughs> uh, accomplishes that same sort of, she's divorced from, from her, from her form. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also it being, this is another thing where it being animation makes it feel a little bit less loaded, you know, because it's not like, okay, we're subjecting a human being to their actual body being displayed in this way and we're saying it's a a cyborg. It's like, okay, well, this is animation, you know. So uh, we cut to a robot on the street, like a naked woman on the street who gets hit by a truck. Mm -hmm. Like that's our hard cut to the next thing. And it turns out that Megatech... Which uh, manufactures all of the robot what? Probably a good company, Megatech. Yeah, Sounds prob- like a probably, probably standing fine. corporation. Probably yeah. just fine. I don't. I don't. I, okay. Wait, yeah, you're right. Halliburton doesn't sound like a bad company. That's it sounds true. like somebody who makes soup. I yeah. was going to say it sounds like <laughs> fish. Yeah. <laughs> Halliburton. Uh, so, um, what has happened is the manufacturer of the bodies used by Section 9, Kusanagi's body, Bato's body, Megatech, uh, has suddenly created a cyborg without any, uh, like... Just, just to pause real quick. Bato is human, though, right? He just had his body heavily mod- modified? Yeah, it's modified. But, it. yeah, he, yeah. but he he says, like, you know, all of us have our augments done yes. by Megatech. Yeah, he has he has been heavily replaced yeah. by, you know, he, yeah. he's, he's chromed the fuck up, uh, to borrow from Cyberpunk. So, um... So, this... Megatech started up in the middle of the night, created a robot, Cyborg, that then ran off on its own, got hit by a car, and is delivered to uh, Section 9. And what's baffling is that this robot that has never been human seems to have a ghost in it, um, which is upsetting to the team, and specifically to Kusanagi, who's been dealing with these existential questions of her identity, and... because if a robot can have a ghost, then what proves that she was ever human to begin with? Right. So she's like, I really want to get into that robot. I want to dive in. I want to, I want to talk to it. I want to figure out what it is. But then Section 6, Ministry of Foreign, Foreign Affairs, shows up. And they're like, we need this uh, robot. It's our project. Uh, this is the Puppet Master. And we've been tracking this for a long time. And this this is an AI program, and we want we want this body because the puppet master has been lured into this body and trapped there, and we did it, we got him. And then the robot comes online and is like, "Wrong, I'm not an AI created by anybody. I was a program created to surf the net and became self aware, and then in the sea of information gained consciousness." and chose by myself to put myself into this body so that I could achieve a goal. Um, also talking with a male voice. Yeah. Yes. M- meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, uh, se- the rest of Section 9 has sort of been excused because the bigwigs showed up from Section 6. Uh, Togusa goes down to the parking garage and does a bit of, like, good old-fashioned detecting, sees these two cars that were bringing the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs and uh, Dr. Willis uh, to 
to get the puppet master and he checks the pressure sensors on the parking garage and determines that they were not alone. Yeah, that the, the it's it's awesome, yes. Awesome. It's fucking awesome. And the the elevators taking like extra time for the doors to close knowing how sensitive they are. Like yeah, you do pieces this circumstantial evidence together. Um I do want to back up and talk about the uh, uh, the dude who, uh, and, and it's one of, to me, one of the the lasting images from this movie. But the American guy who's uh, got the cybernetic fingers that turn into tiny little fingers, so he can type super fucking fast. Looks so fucking cool. Yeah, it's it. I've always wondered if it would be easier to type if you had like what, each of your fingers each turned finger into five like tiny one, fingers. Yeah, yeah uh, if every key on the keyboard was one of your fingers. I think that the then the. Stopping like the, uh, you know, assuming you had via the cybernetic implant the dexterity to be able to type like that, I think it would be faster. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have to have any wasted movement going back and forth between different keys. It would just, then the limiting thing would be your own brain power, which would also probably be cybernetically enhanced. But anyway, that looks fucking cool. Uh, Also, just like in terms of the body being just so degraded here, she's a fucking torso. Just like ripped as shit. Um, completely topless, fucking titties are out, and then like people are just like clinically just sort of standing around her. You know, there's no dignity being afforded to this life form that has consciousness. Yeah, there's there's also I want to go when the puppet master is speaking about its own identity. Mm-hmm. There's several layers of obfuscation that it peels away. One is that section six is like we lured the puppet master, who's a person, into this robot body to capture him, and then the Robots like, no, you're not going to find a corpse because I never was a person. Then they're like, it's an AI that we designed. Yeah. It's like, no, I was not an AI. I, my own consciousness arose on my own. And everybody in the room is interrogating this torso and is like, well, you can't prove that you're alive. You, you like, you, that's, that's ridiculous. And the robots interrogating them right back and saying, like, you can't prove that you're alive. Like, effectively, DNA is what takes a memory of existence and brings it to the next generation. And without DNA, like that, that this accumulation of data would be a dead end. But that human beings, as data, as 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 DNA data, are no different than this thing that has arisen from the data of the net. And it's a it's a wild little conversation. It's really, I mean, it's not like the only time we've ever heard this in yeah. science fiction but it's a great it's a great distillation of that conversation and certainly better than any of the ones had in iRobot starring Will Smith <laughs> the, <clears throat> that book is good the Asimov book is good yeah, and be yeah. careful what we say about him uh he's got a itchy uh hand let's say. <laughs> itchy slapping finger yeah. <laughs> uh so um they can nobody can determine why the puppet master chose to come to section nine and somebody makes a joke. Maybe he, he likes somebody there, which is actually kind of on the nose. Yeah. 100%. Like, um, uh, while Togusa and is, uh, is, is saying, Hey, there's more people who are using thermoptic. They came out of the car. We've got them from the pressure center sensors. Uh, that's when section six, uh, throws off smoke bombs, grabs the body and escapes. Uh, with the top half of the puppet master into their cars. Um, everybody gives chase. Togusa goes out into the alley, fires a bunch of rounds into the car, 
and it turns out that his revolver can be rapidly reloaded with a tracer bullet, and he fires it into the license plate so that they can tail this car, which is great. But also, how is it that you wouldn't have, like, a in this in this world, that you wouldn't have, essentially, cameras on every car in existence constantly telling you where the cars were? I think it's a little bit... It, it it's it's it anticipated a lot of things, but also I think the idea of you know surveillance capitalism, this wor- this this I, yeah. the, this reality we live in now, where cameras are omnipresent, cameras are fucking everywhere. We have like four cameras pointed at us right now, like as we're recording this. Plus, plus we've got cam we've got cameras on our laptops. That's true. So we've got and like our phones. One in this room alone. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven cameras on the phones, eight camera on the phone. Then Matt's got multiple monitors. There's two right here next to me. Nine, yeah. ten. There's one on my computer. 11, There's one on my phone. Twelve. Yeah. Um. There are twelve cameras on the four of us right. Yeah. <laughs> so so I mean, Wait, thirteen. There's a thirteenth one right here. That, actually, that's yeah. maybe a thing that I I think that's maybe an element they didn't anticipate. Just the idea that cameras would be fucking everywhere. That everything you'd be doing at any point in public would be recorded on video. Um, and anything you said aloud would be recorded on audio, but it, I don't know. I do think, I, again, a lot of the stuff of yeah. just like constant net connectivity and, 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 you know, GPS, all that shit feels, does feel yeah. a, a ahead of its time. So, uh, the puppet master smuggled into a car. There's a car chase that, that happens. They switch the bodies into another car, uh, which they don't know the section nine doesn't know. Which car is the decoy car and which car is the one carrying the puppet master? So Bato ca- goes after one, Kusanagi goes after the other in a helicopter. Uh, that car uh, heads off to an abandoned museum on the outskirts of town where Bato's car gets stopped on the highway and he just fucking murks the dude inside. Oh, yeah. It's pretty nasty. He fucking blows the guy up, realizes that Kusanagi is on her own. After the puppet master, and he's he's worried about her, so he grabs one of these cars that's on the road and immediately books ass out to this museum where she has uh, requested light backup. Yeah, it's it's uh, look. I I think that that murder is you know a little over the top, no. and I think Togusa is like kind of like. Hey, you, you know, come on, man. <laughs> um, but but may, or whoever shows up is is like, come on, what are you doing? Because uh, he he just fucking immediately kills the guy. They're bad guys. But the but the thing I love is that they've kind of got the the view screens of what what looks like a windshield is actually like a camera actually is like, and it yeah. turns to static because uh, it's just you know like a camera view of 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 the outside. I don't know. That's just it's just cool looking. So, Kusanagi. Drops in on this uh, this getaway car that presumably has the puppet master inside, and it is in the dead center of this abandoned uh, museum that's that's slightly flooded, like it's just a leaky room. And it's apparently modeled after an actual like nineteenth century museum in London, I think. And then something in the room opens fire on her and just destroys the column that she's hiding behind. Yeah. And that's when she realizes that there is a tank, a Fuchikoma tank, a spider tank, uh, protecting the car in thermoptic camouflage. She demands from her um, helicopter dude, shoot out the glass, 
Scheist and Fenster? Is that how you say it in German in Die Hard? Shoot the glass? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, he says it in English to a German guy because yeah. that guy doesn't know either. Uh, <laughs> So they shoot out the glass, which deactivates the thermoptic camouflage on the tank, and then we see a fucking tank. I I love when a character who's extremely capable is a step ahead of the audience, because, like, you know, when she's like, shoot the glass, uh, you're like, to what end? And then obviously the glass all falls down, and it's on the thermoptic camouflage of the tank, and then exposes this uh, gigantic, yeah, yeah, this 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 huge uh, uh, mechanical. the uh, you know megalith that's on that's straddling a car. It's like it's a fucking Metal Gear uh, <laughs> that's straddling this 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 escape car. Um, but like that sort of thing, like her being that perspe- perceptive again. It's like the same thing that that I love about Bateau earlier when he's like, "You don't even know your fucking name." You know, it's like, "Oh yeah, he like he knows something that we don't because they live in this world and they're extremely capable." So Kusanagi goes from pillar to pillar as this thing is opening up on just the most explosive rounds on her. And I think if there's one scene that to me evokes the Matrix, it's this one. Sure. Because you see the column fight yeah. in uh, when Neo is infiltrating the building that uh, Morpheus is in, where those columns are being destroyed in a very similar, visually, thematically similar environment. Yeah, the cement just like yeah. fl- like just flaking away by the bullet. From so the bullet she rounds. finally exhausts the ammo on the tank as it shoots up uh, the uh, the tree of life on the wall. You know, it's you know a little on the nose, but, yeah. but I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, finally, you're out of fucking ammo. Takes off her clothes, thermoptics up, leaps across the uh, the, uh, the crosses the distance between her and the tank, jumps on top of it, and tries to tear it open with her hands. And she is so desperate to stop this thing so that she can interrogate the puppet master and learn about herself that she destroys her own body trying to open up the tank. Just an amazing bit of animation here. Yeah. Just the the musculature straining and then like use exerting so much force from your body that your limbs are ripped from your torso. Just like what to see that in motion. It's just uh I I don't know. It's it's like holy shit that looks incredible. We, we've been watching a lot of like pretty gnarly uh cool like, shit cool stuff cool shit. uh like uh, a lot of stuff like this happening in uh in in cyberpunk edge runners just a lot of like you know dismemberment or you know heads exploding and things like that but seeing this was like that stuff a hundred percent couldn't happen uh without like the this yeah. like sure happening yeah. first this, yeah. it looks so good they just did such an incredible job it's really with it. it's fantastic yeah. and sad yes yeah. Um, her body drops to the ground. The tank picks it up and is crushing her skull in its outstretched claw when Bateau opens fire on the tank with a shoulder-mounted <laughs> anti-tank gun that he had to stop by his apartment to pick up. Uh, Big fucking gun. And he saves Kusanagi, and her first question is, is the puppet master okay? And he's like, yes, you're lucky, the body's undamaged. And she's like, I have to dive right now. Jack me in. Uh, and he's nervous, but he's he'll monitor the connection through a wire. Meanwhile, uh, Section 6 has sent snipers to their location to destroy the bodies of both Kusanagi and the Puppet Master because they are now aware of this 
the reason that the puppet master went to Section 9 was to talk to Kusanagi. Yeah, Kusanagi earlier is to, to, her, to her helicopter support is like basically when she figures out, she's like, get the fuck out of here. Um, and then the the chopper talks to her again and she's like, I thought I told you to leave. And she's like, uh, the chopper's like, I am going to leave, but just so you know, there's three other helicopters on the way. Uh, okay, I'm leaving now for good. And and then the, the those three helicopters show up. Um, so yeah, they're they're all uh, they've they've got their own mission. They're all going to set up. Um, uh, you, you know, they they're they're trying to dispatch or, or to take out the two of them. So when Kusanagi joins up with the puppet master, they exchange. Uh, they don't exchange bodies, but they they merge slightly so that they have access to each other's consciousnesses. And the puppet master uses Kusanagi's face and, and throat to talk, whereas Kusanagi is still contained within the puppet master's robot body, speaking entirely through essentially cyber telekinesis. Yeah, so you're hearing Kusanagi's voice coming out of the puppet master's, uh, you know, again, these are two disassembled torsos. Uh, and 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 also Bateau has pulled his coat over to uh, over a Kusanagi only for modesty. Um, I, I I think again that's just it's 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 pretty straightforward, but it feels like kind of pointed in terms of like who he thinks is is alive and who actually deserves some um, some dignity. So the puppet master, oh, puppet sorry. master, and puppet master is is speaking in a male voice from Kusanagi's yeah. mouth. So it, it it is very from a viewer, it is very uh, disconcerting. So. Kusanagi says, basically, what do you want? And it's like, well, I am alive. I have a ghost. But there are two things that I cannot do that living things can, and that's reproduce and die. And it wants to merge with Kusanagi in order to create a new entity, something both of them are not capable of doing, which is why that fucking sentence in the beginning is so important. Yes. Yes. Because, like... She also cannot reproduce. And that only, you only know that from this sentence that was censored by the fucking executives who dubbed this shit. Um, so. Thanks, Clinton. So, so. What was the guy that did the Mortal Kombat um, trials? Oh, uh, Senator Joe Lieberman? Yeah, Joe Lieberman looking ass. Fucking Al Gore's losing running mate ass. <laughs> so, it's. Whether or not the puppet master is lying to her or not, its offer is extremely tempting because this is something that Kusanagi can't do either. And when Bateau begins to protest, the puppet master cuts him off uh, from Kusanagi's feed so that he can talk to or it can talk to Kusanagi directly and says, like, pitches its sail. If we merge, you will no longer exist. You won't have gone away, but like the way the DNA replicates by combining, we will have created a new entity out of our varying consciousnesses, which will then be able to continue forward as an entirely new life form, and that's the only chance we'll get to do it. Um, yeah, basically describing having a child. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll put our forces together and we'll make something new, that but it won't be either of us. That will be us, yeah. but also not us. And also, we will die, but we will continue. It's interesting because I feel like this conversation that the, uh, or this idea, this pitch from the Puppet Master, the reason it's so interesting to me, 
or he it makes it makes this character a good villain because it's interesting like yeah. because it's like it's not a uh, hard no of an idea necessarily it's like a, oh it's like i don't know like it's 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 a compelling idea it's also for in, all involved it's also you say villain but this yeah. is the part where like you're like huh has this just been a misunderstood existence the entire time who's trying to achieve yeah freedom and we have misinterpreted those actions as violence. I yeah, I guess villain's not the right word. I'm thinking of it more like like Killmonger in the Black Panther movie, for example. Like yeah. he's not like he's doing something quote unquote bad and the residents of Wakanda view what he's doing as bad, but then he stops and explains what he's doing and why, and you're sort of like, oh, well, like that makes a 100% sense. Yeah. Uh, although I think that Marvel was not expecting, I think that Disney Marvel was not expecting that to kind of resonate with the audience. I think they were kind of like, yeah. trying to present Killmonger as a pretty unambiguous bad guy, and then just like, you know, uh, or, or they, they were not conscious of, of the... Uh, 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 they were not conscious that that would be yeah. what what the audience would take away from it. Uh, maybe yeah. that's not giving the film enough credit. But I, I th- this to me is like not a, not a straightforward protagonist antagonist ta- tale, yeah. and, and that's partly why 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 it's kind of like you know it's I think that's why the Matrix is much more commercially successful deriving from this idea is because it's like. It, I love The Matrix. It's awesome. I love all those movies. It's a dumbed down version of the kind of stuff that's in here. I agree. And there is some. There is a uh, not a lot of, of ambiguity there. It's like both pretty movies, straightforward. Who is just and who is not. Both movies though don't have enough about the Merovingian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I I I think it's such a it's such a cool idea, and it, it also kind of just speaks to what this. I think this this. It's just kind of talking about in the age of computerization, like what are machines? What do do machines have any rights? Does like you know we have we have industrialized the world and um, uh, we employ all of these uh, uh, these different devices uh, uh, to help us achieve our own goals? At what point do these devices achieve any sort of sentience and deserve any sort of uh, autonomy and self direction? And here, this is a future where that's just like having to be grappled with directly. And I, we're pretty clearly heading on that trajectory, right? Like, there's already talk of like, do uh, uh, have certain. Um, there are people who have talked about certain programs they think of achi- of achieved sentience, uh, uh, certain software uh, applications, so. which is crazy because I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting a, a Google AI program to achieve sentience achieve sentience before me. (laughs) (laughs) And I fully doubt that I'm self-aware. So as these snipers close in, uh, Bateau, uh, like he, through brute force, manages to cover Kusanagi's head as they open fire to destroy both the puppet master and Kusanagi. The puppet master is fully destroyed. Kusanagi's head flies across the room. Bateau shouts at it, and we hear Kusanagi's voice just say, Bateau. And then we cut to a child with Kusanagi's head on it uh, that uh, Bateau disturbingly says, this was the only body I could find on short notice in the black market, which is rough. All that upsetting. Uh, But... All, but it is um it's really uh poignant because the thing that is now Kusanagi's consciousness is part puppet master part Kusanagi 
Um, Bateau is like, what are you going to do now? And she's like, I don't know. She goes out onto the, the hilltop and looks at the city and says, the, ve- the net is vast and infinite, meaning there's all sorts of shit you can do once you're a little uh, robot girl with a half, half AI brain, half uh, cop brain. Yeah. <laughs> do you the, think she becomes Megan? Yeah, she might be a Megan. Uh, it, it's a it, apparently this is another difference from the manga. In the manga, Bateau has puts her head on a male body, which is a very different, you know, sort of resolution, or at yeah. least leaves you with a different feeling. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. In both cases, though, it's like the comment is the same. The idea that, like, what you know, again, like, what is a fucking, what is your soul? How connected is it to your physical form? If your physical form changes. You know what? 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 What does that affect to the the the? Uh, how does that affect the your internality? I like that the title. Go like well, ghost in the shell. Everyone sort of thinks about a person and personhood as a combo. It's one, your soul, your 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 brain, your your body. That's all one thing, and this suggests and what am I trying to say this positions them as two separate things yeah and I think that's very interesting I think it's it's neat that the matrix is an an allegory for the trans experience yes because you can easily draw a line from that to the concepts of ghost in the shell where it's like I am a ghost in a body. In a shell, yeah. And whether or not this body is the right body for my ghost is sort of indeterminate until I consent to the body. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, fascinating and cool. Um, Your Viking uh, trivia for the day is I believe the Vikings had believed there were four spirits inside of every person, (laughs) which is... (laughs) These guys <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> they thought too much. Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> they need to calm down. Yeah, there's too many. That's too many. That's too many things going on. <laughs> I think it was four. I'd have to. I have to look that back up. But yeah, so this is was Ghost in the Shell. Um, just a remarkable piece of art. Incredible. Uh, uh, as a director, uh, Oshi directed a non-canonical sequel called Ghost in the Shell Innocence, which is a a further exploration of the sort of existential themes of this movie. He also went on to direct uh, another cyberpunk live-action film called Avalon, uh, which is... uh, After this, I was like, oh, I gotta follow everything this dude does. Avalon is about a woman who is... In a competitive video game uh, that is like a battle royale. It's just like Fortnite. It's a battle royale where you get points and then you can spend that money in the real world, which is a dystopian nightmare. And Avalon has one of the craziest third acts of any film I have ever seen. Wow. Um, But we we should watch Avalon at some point. Uh, because it touches on a lot of these same themes. Uh, it is not animated, so I don't know where we would watch it. But, um, yeah, this becomes like a 
uh, a continuing uh, area for this director to explore over the course of the next 10, 15 years. And then um, he was also on uh, Kojima's podcast. That's cool. I'll have to go back and listen to that Because Kojima's like, oh, man. You and I used to be friends, and we haven't talked in a long time. (laughs) She's like, you've been busy, dude. (laughs) Wow. Sorry, we're both busy being two huge freaks. Yeah. (laughs) Two huge freaks. Uh, Incredible movie. You know, it's, like I said... Like we both, we all said earlier, it, it inspired a lot that that came afterward. But also, I think is like a nice, like, you know, it, it's kind of like the middle of of where cyberpunk was going, right? Because it comes after, as you were saying, Neuromancer and Blade Runner, and clearly seems to draw some inspiration from Blade Runner at least. Uh, and uh, I don't know, it's just it's it's a it's a great essential part of that that whole uh continuum yeah one of my um favorite things to do when i watch movies is to eat uh themed food which i've talked about on the um uh get played podcast is like when i was playing red dead i had to eat a lot of cowboy food and that's why i had to stop playing (laughs) but i came up with a pretty good themed ghost in the shell food what's that it's macaroni and cheese with uh ghost pepper sauce so it's ghost in the shells. Very good. Cute. That is very good. I thought you were going to say, like, gray food. <laughs> <laughs> so you... I wonder... I bet you could... Oh, man, would that be... Fu- it would be so funny and nightmarish if somebody... You could buy empty toothpaste tubes off Amazon and, like, reverse fill them with gravy <laughs> and then, like, be like, I've got to eat my sustenance yeah. and take out, like, tubes of food from your bag yeah. and eat them in public would be great. Uh, and then I... someone would ask what you're eating. is like, oh, I'm eating a delicious steak dinner. It's like, you're not eating a steak <laughs> dinner at all. What are you talking about? This is a fork and knife I have and a steak I'm biting into. <laughs> no, I'm sucking it out of a tube, dog. <laughs> uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm really glad that I finally saw this. It, uh, I was so happy to, to not only watch it twice, but just to, just to see it at all. And I, I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about it. All right, jumping both back in time and forward in time from the thing that inspired Cyberpunk 2077 and Cyberpunk Edgerunners to Edgerunners itself... It's time for your reactions to the finale in Yuri Kuri, the chain reactions of Harui Suzumiya, Blue Talk, Choom Talk. Choom Talk. It's time Chum-tack. for Choom Talk. Blue Talk. And Choom Talk. Oh, shit. Is Choom Talk guy a different guy? We're just establishing that now. Choom Talk guy Blue-tack. is a different guy. We did say this before that, like, that Blue Talk, like, Blue-tack. guy doesn't last a day in Night City. No, there's that no way. Yeah, 100%. He's gonked as soon as he gets in there. He's, they're gonna, let's say they're gonna He's, just delta him off of this mortal plane if you catch my drift. Zeroed? Is that what they say? For they're someone? gonna zero him is what he's I mean. He's zeroed. He's zero. That gonk is zeroed. Yeah. Um, but he's, uh, he's got BGE for sure. Big gonk energy. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into these. Let's do these. Uh, this first one is from Nathan Maidlow. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Nathan writes, So many great Adam Smasher lines in the final episode, but by far my favorite is, you think you're special just because you're scrappy, because it can apply to 90% of shonen protagonists. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Mm, I like that. You think you're special because you're scrappy. 
That's my Adam Smasher impression, I guess. Oh, you think you're special because you're scrappy, isn't it? <laughs> he has some very gruesome lines in Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Playing through the end game there. He just like casually drops the C word and like, Adam, don't get canceled. I know. that, And of course, that was like the one part of the game that my fiance was like very tuned into. And she was like, <laughs> <gasps> she like gasped at the TV. <laughs> She's like, what are you playing? And I was like, right, hey, save that for the other show. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty, um, I was pretty embarrassed. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't condone that. We're actually killing this man. I'm going to kill him good because exactly. he said that. Right. Uh, but then he says some other crazy things that it's like, actually, that was like the good one you heard. <laughs> some of the other <laughs> stuff he says is so crazy. Um, this one, this next one's from Numlocks. Hi, Numlocks. What's up, Numlocks? And Numlocks has this take. We talked a little bit about dressing, salad dressing, homemade dressing in uh, the previous episode, in the body of the previous episode. Got and it. Um, Numlocks has a take here that I think is really interesting. Hummus is the best salad dressing. Now, what do you think about that, Nick? Uh, I Look, I like hummus. I'm pro hummus. Uh, is best salad dressing? Come on. What are we doing here? Like, best salad dressing? <laughs> Just for dress? Like, like I, I don't know. I think the best salad dressing, first off, has to have some versatility. Like, yeah. like, uh, like hummus as a dressing is pretty situational. It's also not, like, texturally, not always, like, a dressing. It can be It's a little bit tough. more pasty, you know? I'd like a tzatziki if I, because it's a little runnier. You can sort of get away with that on some dry lettuce, for Boy, that's example. A, that's a great argument. Maybe yeah. against even among, you know, Mediterranean dips and dressings that hummus is even the best there. Mm-mm. I'd probably take a tahini over that for sure. Or yeah. Tzatziki. But I like, uh, as far as. I like hummus. I'm pro hummus. All the Mediterranean goops. Absolutely slapped. They're all fired. Like they're like across the board. They're batting. They're yeah. batting a thousand with dips. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. The just the uh, that meme. I was not familiar with your game. Uh, like they they got some really <laughs> killer dips. Unbelievable. Some baba ganoush. Oh, yeah, man, that's a treat. All of it rocks. It's every time I have a new one, I'm like, what's going on here? This is some this garlic is great. paste that's just liquefied garlic. Yeah, why not, dude? Oh man, incredible. Keep it coming. Keep that shugug coming. Or and this you is it. Oh yeah, that's right, isn't it? Uh, okay, yeah, because there was a way that is pronounced that Shug, is like Jug, like I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scoob. I think that's how you say Nick. It. You think it's like that? You Scoob. think it's like Casey Kasem as Shaggy from Scooby Doo? My heroes are dry, Scoob. <laughs> Jinky, or he wouldn't say that. He doesn't say Jinkies. Scooby Doo doesn't say Jinkies. <laughs> Are you thinking of Snoochie Boochies from uh, Snoochie Boochie universe? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snoochie Boochie. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Blunt Man and Chronic. Uh, um, I like the. I like the. Oh, let me just say, I like yes. the hot take. I like coming in here with a hot take. Like hummus is the best salad I dressing. I can't. It's a safe place it, for it. But I, I admire the taste. Uh, the take, and the taste. There. Uh, I think, I mean, this is for a completely different podcast that maybe we could talk about this at another time. I think, like, Mediterranean food has, like, skyrocketed to one of the top cuisines. Like, I think in just in terms of, like, now availability and, um, uh, like, 
overall quality as well. Like because a lot of the locations that have popped up are all yes, absolutely fire, just great. Just so I like good. it a lot. I don't yeah. know how much of this is a national thing versus an yeah. LA thing. I mean, there's always been great mm. Mediterranean yeah. food here, you know. Yeah. Uh great Persian food, Armenian food, Greek yeah. food. I don't know if the you know, I I I don't know how national that is. There, there yeah. are some though there are some newer like like Greek chains at least that yeah. are making some waves. So maybe it is a movement. I don't know. But yeah, but yes, I love it. I'll take all that that you got. Mm, you, I not, love not, it. you know, not one of my my top tier cuisines, but I still really really I had great Greek food last night. I might put it in the top three if I if I'm if I'm really thinking about it. It's like I love that for you. Mexican, yeah, maybe like Vietnamese. Wow, and uh. And yeah, like maybe like Greek, like that's awesome. I love it. It's so it's. I mean, because then that's a nice spread. That those yeah. are all so different from each other that you're not really going to have much overlap with even ingredients. It's it's really great. Uh, um, I love Indian food, so Indian oh, food is definitely in my top three. A dark horse, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't have Indian food that much, but every time I have it, I'm like, well, I should eat yeah. this every day. It's so good. Um, yeah, no, that's a that's a great one too. I think Italian was up there for me. Yeah. And I went to Italy, and I think it's still good. But come on, <laughs> what are we doing? Is this like the because Italian authentic Italian food is so much better than Italian American food? Is that what you're saying? Well, here's what I'll say to that, yeah. and maybe this is going to get me in trouble. I think I've had better Italian food here than I had in Italy. I maybe I just went place. to the wrong. Maybe I went to the wrong places. But it's like, possible. But also, it's like over there. They're just like, oh, this is the authentic uh, old Italy style. Yeah. Like, All right. Well, the the maybe best thing I ate in Italy, seventeen hundred anymore. Right. Though, yeah. Well, because to that to that point. Yeah. The two best things I ate in Italy were, and then we'll get off of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> were I ate at this sandwich shop in an alley that yeah. had been there for like over a hundred years, right? So like that, and it was like you know you just get like. You know, prosciutto and right. arugula on like a freshly baked roll or whatever, and it was great. That was really good. Um, and then this other thing that I had, the other thing that I had in Florence was their delicacy, which is like Florent. It's called Florentine steak, and it's like served blue. Do you know what that is? Where it's like, uh, it's called blue, I think, but it's basically just seared on two sides, and then they Got give it. it to you. It's it's very raw. And they asked us a bunch of times if we were sure that that's what we wanted, because I guess a lot yeah. of Americans send it back. Right. And we ate it, and it was really, really good. Not something I'd get all the time, but it was, sure. it was, it was delicious, because also it was a very big, big steak. Um, but otherwise, pizza, as good as any good pizza I've ever had. Pasta was a cut above, but like not... <laughs> I didn't have to... I don't know. I don't know if I had to get on a... 13 hour flight to come eat this pasta. Right, right. Uh, I'm with you. But it was I but I was happy to go and see <laughs> the statue of David's hog. This next one is from <laughs> uh this next one's from Chris Burt. Hi Chris. Hello, Chris. Chris writes I honestly don't think that I've ever felt so affected by the end of a TV show before. I've watched the series twice now since the podcast started, once alone and once with my girlfriend who doesn't really watch anime, and she absolutely loved it. it it's honestly one of my favorite series now, and I want to throw Doro Hedoro into the ring as the next series. Interesting. I've never heard of that before. Doro Hedoro? Probably how you say that? I'm not sure. Uh, but I'd have to look at it. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed the show, Chris. So did we. We we really liked the show here on 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 Get Animated. 
Uh, yeah, Chris, uh, glad you were so affected by the show and that you have such a uh, such strong, you know, feelings and passion for it. I mean, like, I think it's just a great show, period. I think that's that's one of the things that I, I, I think this is like, hey, someone who maybe doesn't normally watch anime or even animation. There are a lot there. there there's no shortage of people who are just like, oh, I just dismissive of animation in general. I'd say like, hey, take a look at Cyberpunk. This is a good show. It's, it's really gripping and compelling and well characterized and uh you know just has some just a narrative that just moves along at a at a, at a steady unrelenting clip and uh it really sticks the landing it really does and uh yeah i'm so glad we watched it and i'm so glad that uh that you enjoyed it chris um this next one is from not rock what's up not rock not rock not rock writes that ending in a word sand devastating well played. Sand devastating. It is sand devastating. Uh, let that sink in. You also can't, you know, in the same way that sand devastan lets you uh, bend time. Ultimately, you can't. You maybe bend it, can bend it, but you can't stop it. Oof. Um, Nick, that hit me right in the feels. <laughs> uh. No, yeah, you really can't stop time, can you? You can't, no. Somebody said something to me recently. We were talking about the moon and stuff, and my friend goes, yeah, the moon makes people do crazy things. We're mostly water. And I was like, oh, my God. The, the thought, we're mostly water, made you go, oh, my God? And the, and it, in relation to the moon specifically, oh, what that the moon does in the to same the way that it affects the tides, yeah, it affects the water in our that comprises eighty percent of our bodies. Just really threw me for a loop, and I've been thinking yeah, about it that. for days. <laughs> and that's not that's not usually my thing, but I've been like, hmm, what do I do with that? <laughs> what do I do with this information? How do I how do I proceed? Now you that know I know, blows this. my mind sometimes when I think about like just drinking a beverage. Mm-hmm. That's like, well, this wait, this beverage is like. 80% water or like 98% water. Like yeah. I'm mostly drinking water just with some stuff in it. Like what's that? That stuff's doing a lot of work. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, uh, with juice, it's not like, even if it's like a hundred percent juice, it's like, yeah. Yeah. But it's like most of that it's juice mostly, is water. It's mostly water. Like, yeah, yeah. it's not even a hundred percent water. Yeah. It's not hundred percent juice either. We can't you call just... it a hundred percent juice unless you're set. Like you're saying, well, yeah, okay. It's, it's 90% juice, but since juice is inherently 90%, or it's 90% water, but since juice is inherently 90% water, so we'll just say it's 100% juice. It's like, yeah. No, come on. That's not 100% juice. No, what no. What are we doing? And so is this why your new thing recently, when you drink uh, a bottle and a half of wine, you're like, it's just water. Yeah, it's like, what's the ABV on this thing? 13.5%? <laughs> it's like mostly, overwhelmingly water. <laughs> Drinking white wine, but your teeth are red somehow still. And you're like, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this next one's from H.E. Burroughs. Hi, H.E. Burroughs. Hi, H.E. Burroughs. Uh, the month of Cyberpunk convinced me to give the game another try after bouncing off of it the first time. Had a total blast this time around. Been great re-watching the anime and listening to your recaps alongside it. Also, as a lifelong Godzilla fan, hearing you guys discuss some Godzilla movies would be awesome. Look. I'm down. We're down. Hit us up with your favorite Zillas. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, you know, if we're gonna do a, a someone in the someone in the Discord pitched Kaijun, which I which Oof. I really liked. Great, that's pitch. good. Uh, and um, but yeah, if we're gonna cover those, let us know which ones you want us to cover because there's there's a lot, and uh, we could certainly make our choices. And I think some of the big ones are obvious, but you know, and make no mistake. We will make our choices. We will make our yeah. We're, we're not gonna let you choose. <laughs> no, but, no, 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 no. But if you want to offer some input, you know, we'll hear you out. But ultimately, the choice is ours. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting that this the and I think the I think it is the the success of this uh, game or I'm sorry the success of this show. Uh, in terms of elevating the game is that it just sort of like, you know, heightens everyone's interest in the IP. It's just such mm-hmm. a cool exploration of this world that you want to kind of experience more of it. And yeah, I think I think aside from the 2.0 patch and the Phantom Liberty expansion, just the existence of Edge Runners makes Cyberpunk 2077 the game more engaging. Mm-hmm. I want to shout out Dirty Curtis, who had the pitch of of Kaijun, uh, Kaiju Month. Uh, so Dirty I, Curtis in the in the Discord. I don't know if pitch. I can abide somebody named Dirty Curtis, unfortunately. Well, okay, let me let me. In Dirty Curtis's defense, it is spelled D U R D Y Curtis. So Dirty Curtis. I'm back Does on that board. Make it better or worse. I'm okay, back on board. on board. You're on board. I like it. That's really fun and uh, Dirty Curtis. Um, I'm sorry that I doubted you for even yeah, a second. Because Dirty Curtis sound, does sound like a guy in like Kid Rock's entourage, right? <laughs> Dirty Curtis, the guy who is Kid Rock's moonshine hookup. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Curtis is like scouring the shot up butt lights to see if there's one left. He's like, you probably missed one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, these are still good, right? We can like pour the rest in like a big cup. And he like has a big cup. <laughs> yeah, he's got you know Dirty Curtis is carrying a big cup around all the time. A big cup. And he like can't wait to show the big cup. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. He's like, Yeah, I can hold like a lot of drinks. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. You, you can, can put whatever Instagram you want. Instagram ads where you sell it, you can get your own get your own customized Dirty Curtis cup, just like I use. He keeps like telling people that it's dishwasher safe, and you're like, but it's yeah. like so big. Yeah. Guess on the bottom rack. <laughs> yeah, but then like nothing else can go in. Yeah, what else is gonna fit in there? Put it's like office waste basket into my dishwasher. It has handles on it that are like rope. Yeah, what is it? What is it? Wait, it's, was this just a like a cooler? Was this just a cooler you started saying was a cup? He's like, what's no, happening dude, here, dude? No, it's a cup, man. Look, okay. I'll show you. And he like picks it up and spills all of it. Yeah, he was like drinking milk. <laughs> so like, this is failing at being a cup. He's like, oh, he's like, dude, it had the gr- it had the drink in it. I don't know what else you want. And he's like, okay, okay. All he's right, like, now dude, pour something just, else yeah. in it. He's like, you're not even gonna wash it. He's like, no. It is, but it's dishwash dishwasher safe. So like, yeah, but that doesn't mean you can just like go straight from like milk to like high C. Like you're gonna get some aftertaste. Uh, and Nick, you picked the exact worst one. <laughs> uh, and and finally, um, uh, Heather, if you're listening to this, um, uh, don't be mad. Um, <laughs> 
Don't ask why we're selling Dirty Curtis merch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, we've uh, we've partnered with Dirty Curtis, um, selling his big cup. And then we also we do have a small cup version of the big cup. It is just like a regular sized cup, but it is shaped like the big cup. Yes, uh-huh. exactly. It's to scale. It's yeah. So you can enjoy the fun of the big cup in a normal yeah, in a normal with a size portion. Yeah. Um, this final one is from Peep My Meeps. Hi Peep. Hi Peep. I hope your meeps are doing well. Um, Edge Runners is one of the best shows I've ever seen but I'm not really in a place to handle the rewatch right now. This is the first time I've not kept up with the podcast because I really like the experiencing the podcast and the show together. I'm super happy you guys brought more attention to what it is for me, a top five show of all time. And I can't wait to potentially never rewatch this audiovisual presentation on how to instantly give someone depression. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love that these episodes of the pod will stay in my feed until I can listen to it again anyways. Can't wait to see which show is next since it's been five weeks since i listened to get animate now wow well hopefully uh with this with ghost in the shell you returned and hopefully uh you tune in next week for the very fun thing that we're going to be watching next week that's right did i say that good yeah you said it perfect uh next week we're going to be talking about interstellar four five now this is a this is matt's pitch this is a uh Daft Punk anime yes. uh, that was produced in a concert with their uh, their album. Uh, I, I, I Discovery don't have the album in front of me. Discovery, their album Discovery, one of their biggest albums, maybe their biggest albums, and it's basically like a feature length animation to accompany the album. So the soundtrack of the album uh, scores this film. Uh, it's uh, it's really an interesting. I know we're going to watch it. We're going to talk about it. It's an interesting piece of work. But as far as how you can watch it, I think the best way is honestly YouTube, right? Yes. There's just a, a the the whole thing you can just find for free on uh, on YouTube right now. Now, in terms of searching for it, Interstellar. So Inter and then Stella, like the name, uh, not Interstellar. Drop the R. Uh, it's cleaner. And then four <laughs> number fives, five, 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 five. It's pronounced Interstellar four, five, but stylized Interstellar five, 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 five. So search for Interstellar uh, five, four number fives. A few different full movie rips will come up and you can just watch it there. Yeah, it's a, it's a little over an hour and it's, uh, well, we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week and we'll see you then. Uh, great. And then... Uh, you guys, you got animate. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot to mention you got animate. <laughs> oh no, uh, Nick. Um, yeah, Dirty Curtis is calling me, and he's asking if I could help him wash his cup. <laughs> Don't put send it to voicemail. Oh God. <laughs>